You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Call it kingdom dynamics. Uh, but dynamics, I mean, the factors that cause the kingdom to be in motion. All right. Talking about the factors that cause the kingdom to move. The factors that cause the kingdom to manifest. Because the kingdom of God is not static. Okay? It's dynamic. It's always moving. God is always moving. He is doing things. It's just that we are not all, we, 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 we're not conscious of what he's doing. We don't know what he's doing. We, we don't, we're not able to see what he's doing. But I have news for you. We're getting into a point where it's going to become so evident that God is working with you. Amen. God has been speaking to me strongly about the things he wants to do in and through our lives. And I have news for you. It's exciting. Amen. It's exciting. And that's why I'm doing this series because I want you to be prepared. And I want you to be aware. I want you to know what is about to hit you. Amen. It's the kingdom. We know we started by saying that the kingdom of God has everything. Okay? It, is, it, it, it encompasses everything. In the kingdom, you have everything. In the kingdom, every need is met. There is no need in heaven that is not met. There is a book uh, uh, by Jesse Duplantis. It's called Encounters of the God Kind. If you find that book, read it. Okay? Read it. In that book, he narrates his visitation to heaven. And while, while he was in heaven, he was taken on a tour. And they showed him different places. And the Lord now told the angel that was taking him on the excursion, by the way, make sure he, you take him to the mountains because he loves mountains. And one of the things that was taught him is that there is no need that will not be met. So even your smallest desires will be satisfied when the kingdom is in manifestation. Okay? So if you, whatever it is you like, I'm talking about things you, you, things you appreciate, things you, you, you love, things you enjoy, they are all in the kingdom waiting for you. Waiting for you. So when we pray for the kingdom, you need to know that you are praying for your needs to be met. So don't be don't don't have the don't don't have the limited mindset of many religious Christians today who think that if it, if they don't say God give me food, then God will not give them food. How many prayers do the birds of the air pray? Hello? 
the beasts of the field. How many of them pray for food? They just wake up and they eat. And they don't sow. They don't reap. They don't go to farm. Okay, you go to farm. They don't go to farm. But when you go to sleep or when you are tired, they come and they eat. Your father just directs them to that, you know, that cornfield. And they just go and they just eat until they are full. Then they go. They don't take anything. They don't go and store it. They just eat enough for the day. And they go. So how much more you, who is made in the image of God, after his likeness, you that is loved by your heavenly father, he loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. God came to die for you. Now, if he can come to die for you, come on, what need is there that he will withhold from you? Are you getting me? So we need to understand the heart of God. We need to understand the heart of our Father. And we need to understand where the kingdom, uh, uh, the, the, the place of the kingdom in our lives. Because once the kingdom is there, every need is met. Every need. If you need healing, there's healing in the kingdom. If you need new kidneys, there are kidneys in the kingdom. Come on. Yes? There are cars in the kingdom. Yeah. You like horses? There are horses in the kingdom. If you like dogs, there are dogs in the kingdom. Oh, horses. <laughs> Somebody prefers horses to dogs. Your preferences, whatever your preferences, that's what the Lord told Jesse Duplantis. He said, Look, every need, every need is met here. So that's why, even when you get to heaven, everything is customized for you. If you like water, your mansion will be in the water. If you like the sky, your, your, your mansion will be in the sky. He, he, it's it's customized. What do you enjoy? You enjoy skating, you can skate in heaven. If you enjoy golf, you can golf in heaven. Ask Robert Slater. I mean, there are so many people that have been to heaven and they everybody sees different things according to their desires. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Hmm? You like trumpet? You do, you do. I, mean, I mean, that's where it came from. Plenty. Yeah. You need to play and give Angel Gabriel a tough time. So when you play, when you play and you, and, you know, and he'll just look and say, Wow. How did you do that? Yeah. We have it all. We have it all in heaven. 
So when we talk about the dynamics of the kingdom, I'm talking about how heaven can move into our lives, how heaven can move in, in our homes, how heaven can move in our nations, how heaven can move in our cities, how heaven can move in, in, you know, in, in our communities. Heaven. It, in, in heaven, there's no crime. So when heaven, you know, manifest in our cities, there will be no crime. It will be crime-free. All the criminals can get saved. And if they get saved, who is going to commit crime? I wish the government will understand this. Then they will prioritize the kingdom. And then the policemen will have to be, you know, given another job. The prisons will have to close down. You know? Why? Because there are no prisoners. It's, it is possible. Turn to someone and say, it's possible. Because if it is in heaven, it can be on the earth. But somebody has to stand to say, I want heaven to come down. The problem is that we are satisfied with religion. So, just go to church, just, you know, enjoy your praise and worship, which I love very much. But it must go beyond that must go beyond that. So you should be asking yourself, what am I going to do to bring the kingdom of God? Alright? So let's look at the scriptures. This, this morning, I want to emphasize something that a, 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 um, a principle that brings the kingdom. And that is the power of preaching. Somebody say the power of preaching. The power of preaching. Yes. The power of preaching. The the preaching of the kingdom can bring the kingdom. It can cause the kingdom to move. And every single one of you here is called to preach the kingdom. How many people have heard of John the Baptist? The first Baptist. How many people are from the Baptist, Baptist background? Maybe, you know. Let me see. Okay. So the first Baptist is John the Baptist. <laughs> it's John the Baptizer. So let's look at Matthew chapter 3. Let's start from there. Matthew chapter 3 verse 1. John the Baptist was related to Jesus. Actually his cousin. Six months apart. In age. Okay? So, God is preparing to send Jesus to the earth. And God decides, no, before Jesus can come, because Jesus is coming to bring, to usher in the kingdom of God. He's coming to inaugurate the kingdom of God. But before Jesus will come, God sends John. In fact, he baptizes him with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Because God say, God knows that for you to declare this, you need some power. You need the Holy Spirit. 
And Jesus even gave us insight about John. He says, of all those born of a woman, there is no prophet greater than John. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John. So, in other words, even though John came in the spirit and power of Elijah, he was greater than Elijah. If we take it from what Jesus said. So, John was greater than Elijah. John was even greater than Moses. But it's not obvious to us. But what is it that made John great? What is it that made him greater than all the rest? Look at it. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what made John great is that he heralded the kingdom. All the other prophets didn't have the privilege of preaching the kingdom. They didn't have the privilege of announcing the kingdom, of proclaiming the kingdom. John was the one that had that privilege, and that put him above every other prophet before him. So just imagine an announcer, just for announcing, he became so great. Greater than those that raised the dead. Huh? Open the heavens, shut the heavens. Hello? Yeah. So, I am telling you that if you will announce the kingdom, there is greatness just in the announcing of the kingdom. Just in proclaiming the kingdom, there is power in that. And so I want to commission every one of you to go and begin to announce the kingdom. And to begin to proclaim the kingdom. And say the kingdom of God is here. I want you to know that the kingdom of God is here. So he went, preached repentance. He, did, he just announced it. He wasn't even in it. He didn't have the privilege of entering the kingdom. He had the privilege of announcing the kingdom. And that made him great. So think about you who is in the kingdom. Wow. You are greater than John the Baptist already. You haven't even started anything. You are greater than John the Baptist. Did you know that? You never thought of that. But I'm telling you, Jesus said it. Jesus said it. You want to see the scripture? Let's open it. Come on. Of those born of a woman, there is none greater. Huh? No greater prophet. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Where is that scripture? Glory to God. When they came to Jesus, when John sent 
his disciples to Jesus to go and ask him, are you the one? Okay, Luke chapter 7. Let's see. That's Luke's version. Let's see that. Luke chapter 7, verse, verse 28. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Question, is there any prophet that was not born of a woman? Do you know any? Okay, apart from Adam. Do you know any? In fact, the Bible didn't even call Adam a prophet. Any prophet that was not born of a woman. Okay, the first person to be called a prophet was Abraham. Father Abraham. That means John was greater than Abraham. Can you see what I'm talking about? John was greater than Abraham. What? How is that possible? Who is the greatest prophet in the Old Testament? John is greater than me. But what did John do? John did not write any book. Hello? He didn't write any book. He didn't raise the dead. He didn't cleanse the leper. Huh? He did not. He didn't perform any miracle. Jesus says there's none of them that is greater than John. So that means the way we think of greatness is not the way God thinks of greatness. It's not the same. The greatest men and women of God are not known. They will be revealed in heaven. It's not your celebrity preachers. They're just celebrity preachers. The greatest in the kingdom. I'm telling you. Jesus even said, it's the little children. If you want to be great, you must become like a little child. You must be a servant of all. Those that serve are greater than those that are being served. In the kingdom. So, John the Baptist, Jesus says... There's no greater prophet than John. All those born of a woman. But he who is least in the kingdom of God. Come on. He who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Wow. So it doesn't matter your rank in the kingdom. You are greater than John. That implies that the least in the kingdom is greater than all the prophets that were born of a woman before John, before Jesus came. So that is to say that by virtue of being a citizen of the kingdom, you are greater than Moses. Can you handle that? I can see your... Your head is, is being rattled. But that is it. It's the truth. It's not, this is not far-fetched. It's Jesus. It's his word. Come on, I'm here to reveal your greatness to you this morning. You are great. 
But you don't know. Yeah. So you must never look down on yourself. You must never, never allow anybody to put you down. Amen. You might not be perfect, but you are great. Hello? You're great. So far as you remain in the kingdom, if you leave the kingdom, you lose it all. You lose, you lose it all. So, please, do yourself a favor. Don't backslide. Touch someone and say, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> just don't backslide. It just remain in the kingdom. That makes you great. Just by remaining. Can you imagine that? That's incredible. But what made John the Baptist great was the fact that he was announcing. He was the one that was chosen to prepare Israel to receive the kingdom of God. And then he started preaching. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Let's read verse 2. Yes, he was preaching and he was saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 3, come on. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Can you see? Just by preaching, he was preparing the way for the Lord. By preaching, he was making paths straight. When you begin to declare certain things, things begin to line up in your life. Things begin to line up in your future. Things begin to line up for the nation. If we will begin to speak and declare, things will begin to line up in our communities. Telling you, instead of complaining, preach the kingdom. Yeah. Instead of looking at the situation and then allowing the situation to give you a message, come on, preach the kingdom. Preach the kingdom. I have made up my mind, this is what I'm going to be preaching. The kingdom. We must see it. That greatness must manifest. Listen, you're already great, but you're going to be exceedingly great. But it will take the kingdom of God for your greatness to manifest. So you need to fall in love with the kingdom. You need to start praying for the kingdom. You need to start looking forward to the kingdom manifesting in your life. So when you walk into that office, just declare the kingdom of God is here. You just announce it. When, you see, when you, if you go and study the word to preach, it's amazing. Because that word doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It means to proclaim. So anybody can proclaim. 
the kingdom of God. Time will not permit me to take you through, but I'm telling you, if you go study the scriptures, preaching is not what we've made it to be. How many people can proclaim something? You can just announce. I mean, okay, can you announce? You can make an announcement. Just change the content of your announcement. And you are sorted. Yeah. Oh, Pastor, I don't know many scriptures. Just say the kingdom of God. That's all. The kingdom of God is here. I am here to announce to you that the kingdom of God is here. That's all. That's all. Let's begin to announce. So when you walk into your home, just declare the kingdom of God is here. If we will do this, we're going to see God begin to manifest. I remember those days in London. You know, a pastor told us, anytime you drive past a pub, just declare, this pub is becoming a church. And if you are, if you are familiar with London, oh my God, the number of pubs. Every few meters, there's a pub. Every few meters, there's a pub. And people just drink this themselves to stupor. So we've just declared and go past. we just declared and go past. And you know the interesting thing? Some of those pubs have become churches today. There's a nightclub I used to drive past each time I'm coming to the office. On Sunday mornings, you see cars parked there. I normally come early. So they're still there. So when I drive past, I declare the kingdom of God. One day, all these people will be in our church. In the name of Jesus. We possess them for the kingdom. You just have to start declaring things. You start speaking. Hallelujah. Release that greatness that you have in you. Instead of complaining, oh, look at all these people. Instead of them to, what are they doing here? No, 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 no. Release the kingdom. Announce the kingdom. How many people are going to announce the kingdom? There's power in preaching. There's power in proclamation. There's power in declaration. When you declare a thing, it shall be established. That's what the Bible says. So you need to declare the kingdom of God. So John the Baptist came declaring, and guess what? Not too long after that, Jesus came. I mean, let's not even go into the impact of John's preaching. You know, John wasn't preaching in the synagogue. The synagogue is like here. This is church. This is like a synagogue. So his preaching was outside. Come on. It was in the wilderness. Now, question, how many people live in the wilderness? 
Why did God? He was fulfilling the scripture of Isaiah. Isaiah has declared prophetically. He didn't even know what he was saying. But now, John the Baptist shows up and the spirit stirs him up, goes to the wilderness and starts preaching from there. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And people start coming. People start coming. Trooping in to listen to him. And this guy, he's not even the most, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have any swag. He doesn't, I mean, he's, he's dressed with camel skin. Camel skin. That, how will you, how many people will come to church if you came and you saw me wearing camel skin? Come on. Camel skin. That's what he was wearing. And his diet was not even any better. Locust and honey. Sure. So you can imagine his stature. Rough looking guy. Rugged. His skin has been battered by the weather. The harsh conditions of the, of the wilderness. But what attracted the people was the message. The kingdom of God is at hand. And the people came. He said, repent, you guys. You brood of vipers. You even insult the people. And they still came. I mean, his preaching was so so radical that it cost him his head. They cut off his head for preaching. Confronted the king. It's unlawful for you to take your brother's wife. Just because you are a king does not mean. So they took him, they put him in prison. Let's read on. Look at chapter, chapter 4. Verse 12, now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of the death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus began to preach. Now, John the Baptist told them to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, John has been locked up in prison, and Jesus took the baton. And continues. He now begins to declare. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What was Jesus saying at that time? Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is close. Stretch out your hand. Come on. Stretch out your hand. So when they say it's at hand. It's not further than your hand. Can you see? So the kingdom of God is at hand. That means it's so close. So he's preparing Israel as a nation to receive the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. But you know, unfortunately, Israel didn't receive 
the message of the kingdom. Although Jesus was declaring that, he was declaring. He started to preach like that. And then you find out, let's go down, go to verse 23. Come on. Verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. He was teaching where? In their synagogues. One of the things you will notice when you read the scriptures, as you read the Bible, is that preaching was always outside. Teaching was always inside. That's what I realized. So in the synagogue, they teach. Outside, they preach. They announce the kingdom of God. So because he was in their synagogues teaching, what was he doing? Breaking the word, explaining, expounding, and all of that. But then when it came to preaching, he was outside. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness. Can you see? When the kingdom is announced, you can heal the sick. You can heal the sick. When, when the kingdom is announced, all kinds, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So among the people, if you go and you declare the kingdom in your place of work, every sickness in that place can be vaporized. Telling you, when the kingdom is in manifesting, and because of that, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. <laughs> then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Now, when you begin to announce the kingdom, do you know what? Your fame is going to spread. You don't need SABC to be famous. You don't need to be on Isidingo and, and uh, all those things you people watch. What do you call them? All those soapies. Yeah. The other day I was in, uh, where was I? Somewhere in the city, and I saw this actress, you know, she's always on Seven Day Land. And I saw, I saw her. She was just pushing her trolley. And I said, oh, okay. Just ordinary person. Like any other person. But when you see them on TV, oh, you say, wow, this one is becoming. But you, you, you don't know that you are being watched in heaven. So we watch these people and we're saying, wow, these people. But meanwhile, in heaven, they are watching. And you are the one. You are the actors. Hello. Of heaven. Heaven's movie. You, you think it's there. They are watching. No, it's here. This is the stage. This is the stage. And they are watching. They are watching. And they are seeing. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. The Bible tells us that. Hebrews 12 tells us that. So, hello. When are you going to start announcing? When are you going to start making impact? 
When are you going to start becoming famous in heaven? You might not be famous on the earth, but you'll be famous in heaven if you are committed to the kingdom. Yes. When you begin to heal the sick. How, how, wouldn't you like it when you walk past somebody and then your shadow heals that person? Imagine you're walking past somebody who, on a wheelchair as you're just walking. The person just springs up. Hey, hey, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. What are you going to do? Come on. But there's a place like that. You need to carry the kingdom. The power of the kingdom. In you. Amen. That's what made Jesus so successful. That's what made him so powerful. When you're carrying the kingdom, you can just walk into a restaurant and demons just begin to from me. Get away from me. Carry the kingdom. It happened to Jesus. It happened to you. Yes. But we need to make sure that we're carrying that great power of the kingdom. Yes. We need to. That, that, that's, that's why all these all paralytics, all of them, epileptics, demon-possessed, Every kind of sickness, whether it's AIDS, whether it is uh, cancer, whether it is diabetes, whether it is heart condition, whether it is blindness, whether it is lameness, it's a sickness. And let me tell you something. All these sicknesses are also from the kingdom of darkness. There's another kingdom. So when we, if, we, if we don't carry the kingdom of God, we cannot counter the kingdom of darkness. So all the pain, all the torment, all the crime, they are products of the kingdom of darkness. So if we want to see the nation change, if we want to stop crime, police cannot stop crime. I'm telling you, they try their best. They cannot. Hmm? Why? Because it's a spirit. You can't arrest the spirit. You can't. But when the kingdom is in manifestation, my Lord, you will see great and mighty things. Hmm? Look at verse 25. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. All of them. Why were they following Jesus? The kingdom. He was just announcing, the kingdom of God is, is at hand. He said, what? Kingdom? Let's follow. The kingdom of God is at hand. Listen, every tribe should be declaring the kingdom. Then you should, you should have people following you from Swaziland, from <laughs> Botswana, from Namibia. They are following you. Every one of them following you. Why? Because you are announcing the kingdom. That's what was happening. Regional impact. Jesus had because of the kingdom. You can have that kind of impact. You remember you are greater than Moses? You are greater than Elijah? Than Elisha who had a double portion? 
What are you doing with your greatness? Begin to release it. Begin to announce it. Begin to declare it. Hallelujah. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. You see, that's why I always pray for the kingdom. Because I know that God wants, wants to show up. He wants to show up in this land. He wants to show up in our lives. He wants to show up in our midst. Amen? My Lord and my God. Just take a moment and say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Come on, come on. Let, just, just, just pray, just pray, just pray. Lord, let your kingdom come. I want your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Lord, I want, to, I want to manifest the power of your kingdom. Hallelujah. Come on. Just begin, to, just begin to ask for that. Pray for that. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Mighty God, let your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom manifest. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, one of the things that, one of the temptations of, of, of the devil was for Jesus to worship him. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 6. The devil said to him, all this authority I will give you. Okay, no, verse 5. Verse 5, it says, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So, Satan knew that Jesus came to take over. Right? He knew that Jesus came and he knew that Jesus is coming to bring the kingdom of God. But then, Satan has a kingdom as well, which he got from Adam. Amen? He has a kingdom that he got from Adam. So he takes Jesus on a high mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Just like that. Shows him. Gives him a vision. So Satan can give visions. He gave him a vision for him to see all the kingdoms of the world. That means he saw from the beginning to the end of time. He saw them. With all the technology, with all the advancement, showed Jesus everything. And then the next verse, look at verse 6. He says, then the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. So you see that even the world has a kind of glory. And their glory I'll give to you. For this has been delivered to me. By who? 
by Adam. It has been given to me. Jesus, I can see you are passionate about this kingdom stuff. Huh? All this kingdom talk, I can give it to you. In fact, let me show you. He shows him. From that time to our time and beyond. He says, I'll give you all of this. Just one. I'm not asking for much. Just a simple deal. In fact, you are going to gain more. So, all I'm asking is this. Let's read the next verse. It says, therefore, if you will worship before me. The King James says, if you will worship me. Let's read it in the King James. Hmm? King James, come on. Therefore, will, huh? if, if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. What audacity. But the point I'm trying to make is that he had a kingdom. Satan has his own kingdom. Because we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. What is, what is darkness? That's where the pain is from. That's where the evil is from. All the oppression is from the kingdom of darkness. If there is pain in your body, it's the kingdom of darkness that is manifesting in your body. If there is, if there is chaos in your home, it's the kingdom of darkness that is manifesting in your home. I'm telling you. It's Satan that is ruling because he's called the prince of darkness. He, he rules in the midst of darkness. So if he wants to do anything, he brings darkness over the society. And once darkness comes in, things begin to go crazy. In the lives of people. All the chaos. You can imagine. Look at a, 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 a country like Turkey. This is where Paul used to preach. Turkey used to be like almost 100% Christian. Due to the impact of Paul's ministry. But now, it's like 99% Islam. What happened? Darkness came in. Darkness came in. Why? No one was declaring the kingdom. They were playing religion. So, the kingdom of darkness advanced. You must not allow the kingdom of darkness to advance. Wherever you are. Do you understand me? You stand in your house and you declare the kingdom of God is here. Satan will have no place in my home. You declare that. And if you would do that, things will begin to happen. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Look at Luke chapter 11 verse 20. Come on. Luke eleven twenty. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So what's Jesus saying? By implication, what he's saying is this. When the kingdom of God comes, the kingdom of darkness lives. Okay? So, if I'm casting out, you guys see me casting out demons. Do you know why demons are fleeing when I come? It's because of the kingdom of God. One of the easiest things. In fact, the first thing, the first sign that you're in the kingdom is that you deal with demons. 
Look at Mark chapter 11. Sorry, Mark 16. When Jesus gave the disciples the commission there. Mark chapter 16. I think I'll close with this. Mark 16. And we see here, Jesus... Verse 11, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Can you see? To every creature. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples, right? Does that apply to us today? Yeah. So, it applies to us today. Go into the synagogue. Is that what he said? Go into what? Into all the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and preach. And then the next line, what he says, look at what he says in the next, the, the next part. He says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Okay, verse 18, uh, verse six, uh, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. What's the first sign? Hello. How many believers do we have here? Come on. You, the first sign that you're in the kingdom is that you cast out demons. Demon casting is not for pastors and evangelists and prophets. It's for all believers. So you bring the kingdom. If there's a demon of sickness, it should it should because you are there. Cancer should run away from you. Hello? Diabetes should run away. High blood pressure should run away because the kingdom of God has come. Hallelujah. Every demonic oppression, every demonic torment, every demonic oppression I command to be displaced right now by the finger of God in the name of Jesus. Every satanic maneuver in your home, every satanic maneuver in your body, every satanic maneuver in your finances, every satanic maneuver in your office, every satanic maneuver in your family, I command to be displaced by the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. So it, you, but you have to announce it. You have to, it starts by preaching. He says, go into all the world and do what? Preach. But we have taken it to mean go into every church and preach. So because of that, people are fighting for pulpits. No, 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 no. Preaching is for the world. Go into all the world. Every one of us. Everyone. From now on, you are a preacher. Turn to your neighbor. Turn, turn to, come on. Talk to someone. From now on, you are a preacher. You are a preacher. Start preaching. Start preaching. Start preaching. Come on. Tell them. Start preaching. Start preaching. In the name of Jesus. If you don't preach, you are disobedient. Tell them. Tell them. Come on. Start preaching. Start preaching. 
It's interesting. I started by preaching in the streets. I started by preaching in buses. I started by preaching in people's homes. I just go there and start preaching. Start preaching, preaching, preaching. I preach to my bird. I, I mean, I'll preach to anything that has life. Oh, my goodness. Preaching? Oh, I was, I mean, I followed this scripture literally. It says, preach to every creature. So when I see a dog, I say, in the name of Jesus. I would preach to that dog. I mean, I used to lay hands on dogs and pray for them. Yeah, I'm telling you. You know, some of us are too educated to do such things. But look, I'm okay to be a fool for Jesus. I'm all right. We're too dignified to obey God. I wonder why there's no power. Hmm? I want to start proclaiming the kingdom of God. How many people will do that? Are you going to proclaim this week? Are you going to preach this week? Start preaching. Preaching. You have been commissioned. You're already great, but your greatness will be revealed as you start preaching. You start preaching. Don't be ashamed. Preach. There's power in preaching. Then you, as you're declaring it, you're you are taking charge. It's interesting. When you study that word preaching, it has to do more of like communities. It has to do more with, more than just preaching to people. You are also making a statement in the air. You are making a statement in the atmosphere. You are declaring to the spirits in that place that the kingdom of God has come because you are there. So if you know a place where there is too much crime, just go there and begin to declare the kingdom. If you know a place where there is too much prostitution, just go and begin to declare the kingdom there. The spirits there will be displaced with time. And the kingdom of God will manifest. When you go to the campus, just begin to declare. When you go to your complex, declare the kingdom of God. Even if there's no one listening, just declare it in the air. Release it into the atmosphere. Something is coming. And you are part of it. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.